NIV, King James, English Standard, NLT, the message, there are so many translations out there. Today on Rooted Daily, we're talking about if we can find a Bible we can trust. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and before we can root ourselves in the Bible, we need to know that the Bible we have in our hands, translated into our language, is worth being our foundation. There are so many translations out there. Which ones can we really trust? Should we only read out of the King James Version or should we stick to the emoji Bible they have now? And you may already have some feelings about that. But let me start out with two points I really want you to take out of this. The first point is there is no best translation of the Bible. There's no perfect translation. There may be a worse, there probably is. There are bad translations and there are okay translations and there are good and better translations, but there's no best translation of the Bible. Every translation is a human attempt to relay the perfect word of God. And because as humans, we aren't perfect, our translations won't be either. So when someone comes to you saying they have the best translation, uh, be careful there. The second point is even more important though, because while there is no perfect translation, there are many, many, many good translations. There are good translations in every major language and thousands of good translations in less used languages as well. And there are people working right now to make sure more translations are accessible so that no matter what language you speak, you will be able to read the word of God in your own tongue. We don't talk about that kind of work very often, but we should because that is some uh, of the purest and most difficult mission work there is. And we need to be lifting up people here at home to send out to do that kind of work. But back to my point. There is no perfect translation, but there are many good translations. So many good translations that even without speaking biblical Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, anyone, and I mean that, anyone who wants to can read and understand what God wants us to hear from him. They can. Yeah, that's the most important point to get out of today. If you want to know what God wants to say to you in his word, there are good translations to read the book all at once. There are good translations for deeper study. And while they may have differences between those different translations, you know, for sure, just like with the differences between the, the manuscripts, those original copies, probably 90% of the differences we see between the translations we have access to, they don't change the meaning at all. Maybe another 8% uh, do change, but they don't really impact anything core to our faith. And then there's probably 2% of differences that do change the meaning and are important. For, uh, for example, in uh, the ESV, Genesis 2.18 is an example. The New King James Version says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception and pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And the ESV translates that very differently. I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing and pain you shall bring forth children and your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. 
And uh, I use the ESV. I, I normally like it a lot. Uh, but here they've, they've dramatically and drastically changed the meaning of the text, making this adversarial relationship be, between the husband and the wife. But even here, without getting into the Hebrew, uh, you can look and you can see they have a note in the ESV stating the traditional translation, and you can pull up other translations and study this and see that in doing this, God wasn't pitting spouses against each other. And so you see, while there aren't any perfect translations, we do have plenty of good translations that we can compare them to know what God has written to us. And in our deeper studies, sometimes we just need to go uh, and put those good translations side by side and read them together. Now, we need to be careful because there are some bad translations out there and some really bad translations at that. But I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and say, no one who's working to translate the Bible, that's hard work. No one who's working to translate the Bible from the original text is just completely throwing accuracy out into the wind. Everyone generally wants to be accurate to the original text, but the real balance is in how we define accuracy. Is accuracy found in the words or the thoughts of the New Testament writers? In other words, uh, if I take a sentence in Spanish, I put it into Google Translate. Most of the time I get a word-for-word -word translation, and a lot of times it does not make sense. But if I go to a native Spanish speaker and ask them to translate it, they understand figures of speech and grammatical shifts that a word-for-word -word translation maybe can't recognize. At the same time, a native Spanish speaker may not have perfect grammar. It, it's their native tongue. They didn't learn it per se like we would learn a foreign language. They grew up with it. So there may be some more formal things that they don't translate as well. So there's a balance to be had between accuracy to the words themselves and accuracy to the thoughts. And we call those two translating philosophies, formal equivalent and dynamic equivalent. Formal equivalent being more word for word and dynamic equivalent being more thought for thought. And maybe in your mind already, you favor one over the other. Maybe you've already thought about this or, or maybe um, you have a, a history with one translating philosophy over another, but the bottom line is there are no purely formal or purely dynamic equivalent translations. Most are a mix of the two, but with an emphasis in one direction or another. And let me try to show you how this played out. Imagine you're trying to translate the following sentence into a different language. Bob and Jane went into the house and began to argue. You're driving me crazy, Jane said. Stop beating a dead horse. Now, you look at that, and the first sentence is pretty straightforward, right? I mean, it's a, a simple description of activities that can be understood easily when translated word for word into most languages. Most translators uh, would translate that sentence exactly the same. But can you see how the second sentence gets tougher? If you go word for word, you may cause it to say something it's really not saying. Like, does it have something to do with mental illness? And, and where did this horse come from? Why, why is someone beating it here? Uh, if you go word for word and they don't have those, those metaphors there, it, it can be hard to understand. And that's why with all good translations, they fall somewhere in between the formal and the dynamic equivalent. And then there are some that are 
technically maybe on the thought-for-thought -thought end of the spectrum, but they really aren't translations at all, paraphrase Bibles. And those are books like The Message or a lot of, of children's Bibles. Um, those are paraphrase Bibles, and those aren't translations. Most of the time, they aren't based on the Greek at all. Um, they're just written based off of an English translation. Uh, and for real Bible study, Christians should probably just leave them on the shelf altogether. I, I tell people uh, to view them as preaching. They're sermons, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, but they shouldn't be equated to the Word of God. But because we have all those different types of translations, if we can recognize them, we can understand their value, and we can compare them and use them in different circumstances to help us understand the true meaning that God intends. For instance, most of the time um, when I'm reading through a book in just one setting, sitting down in my chair and I just want to read through a book and I'm trying to get the context, I'll read it from the NIV. It's not too far onto the thought for thought side of the scale, so it's accurate enough for most things, but it's also readable enough that I can enjoy sitting down for a half hour and not have a dictionary open. But then most of the time when I'm preaching, I've got the, the New King James open with me. Uh, first, because that's what happened to be in the pews where I'm at when I got there. Uh, but second, because uh, it's a little bit better for deeper studies. And in other places, I'll preach from the King James because I'm with a group that grew up on it, they're familiar with it, and they're comfortable with it, which is what we need for a good study. And for my own personal study, uh, like I said, I like the ESV. It's readable enough, um, but it's more accurate word for word than the NIV. But the best thing we can do is not to get rigidly set on one because ultimately there is no perfect translation. But the good news is there are so many good translations that we can know what God's word is. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you are growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and you want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you are ready to take the next step to repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317 207-2734.